Uh, good morning. <laughs> you glad to be here? Yeah? Is your time here worth it? Then is it worth inviting somebody else to come and join you next week? That was not as enthusiastic, was it? Come on. Come on, we got chairs for them. Yeah, we got place. Love to see more here. And those of you who are online, good to have you. We love you too. Uh, yeah, I want to tell everybody thank you so much for the war chest offering a week ago. Maybe a little week ago. I guess it was last week. Or the week, oh, it was the week before. Uh, we were able to send $7,000 to the Philippines to help with rebuilding homes. That'll go a long ways there, so we're just really thankful to be able to do that. Uh, what great people they are. We love, we love our friends and family in the Philippines and in Fiji and in Europe and in South Africa and Australia and New Zealand and hmm? China. Yes, absolutely. Brazil. Come on, we got them everywhere, so it's really cool to be able to know that some are watching right now or will be watching as they wake up and check the YouTube. Yeah. Okay, I'm just uh, arranging myself here. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. It really is to worship that. What sweet, sweet worship this morning. Katie, did you get my message? Good girl. Way to go. She's amazing. Love Katie. Uh, I, I would encourage you as I speak this morning that um, this, is not, this is not a lecture hall. <laughs> This is uh, an experience emporium. <laughs> I just made that up. It's very good. Huh? Not bad. <laughs> Where the delights of the Lord are available. You know, all the time. I mean, obviously, anywhere you are, anywhere in the world, that's the truth. But when we come together, there is a uniqueness of the presence that comes when we join together. Jesus said, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am and it's not that he's not with us any other time, but there's a, there's a specialness to our gathering and what happens in the spirit in those times. And so as you're, as you're sitting here this morning, absolutely enraptured by my message, <laughs> that was enthusiastic. Was good. Uh, know that you can be healed in this time. It's been happening. We have testimonies. It's been happening recently. And uh, so let's take advantage of that. You know, a lot of, a lot of uh, appropriating what God has for, it, for us is being aware that it's available. Right? If you don't know it's available, you don't know how you, you have access to it in the moment, you will miss out on what God is wanting to do in us. So what a privilege it is to be together. Uh, and to be in in this atmosphere of his presence, uh, just love that about him. Don't you love him? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, I would, would really encourage you to come uh, to this marriage uh, thing coming up uh, the f- Saturday, the 5th of February. It's the first, uh, first Saturday of the month. And there are no football games that day. So you're good to go. 
You're free? Yeah, that was wisdom exactly right. Hey, good to see you guys. Look at who's in the house this morning. <laughs> I was just missing you yesterday. Yeah, must have known you were coming. Jesus knew anyway. Yeah. He told you to get here. Good for you. Thanks for being obedient. Man, we love, miss your face. Faces very, very much. Uh, yeah, where was, oh, yeah. So this, this marriage thing. Listen, if you ever plan on being married or you are married, then you need to be there. If you're single, you don't really plan on getting married, but there are principles of relationships that are going to be shared. And this, this couple is, is one of the unique couples of the world. I, uh, he's been kind of hidden in terms of his exposure to everywhere that he goes, and um, people haven't known him much. And uh, we've, we've been uh, almost 12 years, a little over 12 years, uh, running together in leadership, and uh, we've watched him grow and watched them develop uh, and in their message and in their mentoring of others. And I, I prophesied to him about two years ago, maybe. I said, you have been hidden, but God is taking the wraps off. And it's, it's beginning to happen. We're seeing it happen. They're, they're getting opportunities to uh, share the, the, their dynamic of the presence of God uh, in places in Africa, particularly. They've now been invited to go into China in the underground church. Uh, he's, he's being recognized as a voice in, in pastors' lives around the nation. Uh, it's a real privilege to have him here. And they're going to be here on Sunday morning. That's great. But uh, I really encourage you to take advantage of the time, even if you're not interested in marriage at all. Come anyway. I think you'll, you'll, you'll be rewarded because they carry this anointing. That you know, th- That's the thing about the anointing. It's not so much what a person says. You know that? You know, if you're, if you're a public speaker, you know you get off the platform sometimes and somebody will say, when you said this, this, and this, and you say, I never said that. <laughs> it's the anointing that the Spirit can work in to touch and minister what, what you need. That's, he's so individual, right? He's so individual. So uh, this would be a, a great opportunity for just the body to come together. We've already, really, we're, we may outgrow our venue, so, because uh, we've had some great response, but make sure and uh, make yourself available to that, really, um, it, it's, it's the best game in town, okay, and it's free, but we do ask you to register, you can register online, uh, you can register at the back here this morning, uh, if you, especially if you have children, because we will have a children's program available, so you can bring your kids and, uh, and our great children's pastor, Amanda. And her team will ministry. Yeah, come on. She's the best. Absolute best. All right. Here we go. Get into the word this morning. Uh, two weeks ago, I started talking about what we know to be true in 2022 uh, and emphasizing that we need, to stop, we need to stop living in the uncertainty of the world and live in the certainty of Christ. And what we know to be true with God. And we talked, we talked quite a bit about that last time. And we talked about three things that we knew, we know are going to be true this year. One is God is for us, not against us, right? That we will have difficulties, problems, issues. Stuff will happen. Uh, bad things will happen to good people. Mm-hmm. 
You like that one, huh? Don't you? It's your favorite one. But number three is what? Come on. He is for us, not against us. We're going to face difficulties, but we win. That's right. We win. We win. How could you have forgotten that one? You know, it's always discouraging as a, as a preacher to ask that question. I should never ask it, you know. But it's okay. You, it's in here. It's in you guys. We win. So let's, let's read the passage that we, we based our, our teaching off of last week, and we're going to go and continue there again. Uh, it's uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, no, it isn't either. It's Ephesians chapter chapter 5. And, and I'm, I'm way off because it's Romans. <laughs> I had just, I just messed around with my Bible here and turned to where I'm going to go later and, and was right there. Romans chapter, I know it was, yeah, there we go. Romans chapter 8. All right. Still with me. <laughs> All right. Romans chapter 8, verse 30. We're going to start with verse 31. What then shall we say to these things if God is for us? Who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Say all things. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, God who, Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it's written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, what are, we, what are all the things? They're troubles, problems, issues. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor power nor things present nor things to come nor heights, nor depth, or any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yeah, come on. Come on. So this morning we're going to look at what does it look like to be more than a conqueror? If this is who we are, but I have to address uh, an elephant that's in the room. At least it lives in my room at times. All right, when I read this, God is for us and not, and not against us. There are questions that come, all right? And the biggest question of all, we addressed a little bit of it last week uh, in the fact that we know that this is true because of what he's done for us, right? He came, he died, he rose again, boom. So we know that it's true. Here's the question that, stands in the middle of all of this, it's why. Why does he love us? Why is, well, I just gave you the line, didn't I? Why is he for us and not against us? All right, it's, it's all over in this verse. The answer is there. But I warn you that you'll never really fully understand it throughout all eternity. Because every every aspect of the character and nature of God is an eternal adventure. And this one even more so than any of the others. And so let's just go to another passage, Ephesians. (laughs) Ephesians chapter (laughs) 2. Yeah, yeah, we're just going to be good this morning. We're going to be good. 
And we're going to look here uh, at this passage because it, uh, it kind of nails this down. Why is he for us and not against us? Uh, let's start with verse 1. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to the, curse, the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, say it, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Why is he for us and not against us? It has nothing to do with the brilliance that we are. It has to do with the fact that he loves us. Now, the question of why he loves us, we're not even going to try to go there this morning. Turn to somebody and say, I can't figure out why he loves you, but it's all right. (laughs) Because of his great love. And listen, in order to understand why we are more than a conqueror, not just a conqueror, but more than a conqueror, you have, there has to be a grasp of that very fact that he is for us because he loves us. Absolutely, incredibly loves us. It's foundational. Otherwise, you'll never feel like you're more than a conqueror. You'll never be more than a conqueror if we don't grasp this truth. Uh, in 1917, Frederick Lehman wrote a powerful poem, and it was eventually put to music called The Love of God. Many of you know it. You sang it when you were younger uh, in church. It was a hymn that we used to sing all the time. And it really captures it. I want you to listen to this and and hear the, imagine the picture, the word picture that is being presented in in the words of this song. Okay? It goes like this. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down with care. God gave his son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned from his sin. O love of God, how rich, how pure, how measureless and strong. It still shall forever endure the saints and angels' song. What a powerful, powerful picture of the dynamic of the love of God. But it gets better than that because the the third verse was not written, was not written by Frederick Lehman. But they found it written on the wall in a cell, in a mental institute. When the man that lived there, had been living there for years, died. And they found it written in pencil on the wall. So imagine with me the picture for a moment. Here is a man who is struggling with mental health issues so, so engraved, engraved in him and so deep that he, can, he, he has to be institutionalized. And he's in this room, and and we get the picture. This is in the, like, 1890s to 1910s. It's not like the places today we have for those that are struggling with that. They were more like prisons, and they were more like cells that they lived in. So imagine this man living in that kind of condition, and yet he had a revelation of the love of God 
that I'm going to read to you in just a moment. And when I do, I want you, uh, you can close your eyes if you like. You need to picture what these words are saying of the dynamic love of God. Here we go. You ready? Can we with ink the ocean fill and were the skies of parchment made? Were every stock on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade? To write the love of God above would drain the oceans dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole stretched from sky to sky. An ocean filled with ink would not be enough. The parchment that stretches from one horizon to another is not enough. Every person on earth being able to describe, to write, professionally write, if everyone, they would not have the words. There would not be enough ink. There would not be enough parchment to write of the love of God. Doesn't that get you? That astounds me. Here was a man who was more than a conqueror. He lived in probably deplorable conditions. He struggled with emotional and mental issues. And yet he was more than a conqueror. (laughs) And and here's the real kicker. All of that love is aimed at you and aimed at me. Now, this is why Paul prayed. I, I pray that you would know the dimensions of the love of God, the height, the width, the length, the depth, that you would know that to such a degree to know by experiencing because you can't know it by thinking it. You can't know it mentally. You can't grasp it that way. It's only grasped by experiencing And then as I said earlier, that is a dynamic that will take all of eternity to fully understand. And then, well, all of eternity just keeps going on, doesn't it? And the depth and height and width and love of the love of God. So just close your eyes for a moment and just breathe that in. Because of that great love by which he loved us, we are more than conquerors. Thank you, Jesus, for making that possible at the cross, for giving us access to the incredible love that you love us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for letting us know about that. And thank you, Father, for being the great lover that you are. There's healing in the room. There's healing of hearts in the room right now. There's healing of emotions right now. There's breaking of false identities in this room right now. Breaking of false identities. You were told one thing, but God says something else. You believe something about yourself that God never thought about you. It's breaking right now. Thank you, Father. You're so good. You're so good. Mm. Okay. So what does all that look like? Well, here's some things I want to talk about for a few minutes, and that is one, we, we cannot be conquered. 
Being more than a conqueror is one that cannot be conquered. You know that everyone who conquers in this world will eventually be conquered. Right? Yeah, I'm telling you. Green Bay Packers. Go Niners, right? Every, every major nation in history who conquered was eventually conquered again, right? You have, you have the nations, you know, the, the great cultures of Greece and Rome. They all conquered huge territory, but they all got conquered. Yeah? Nazi Germany, USSR, all of these. It all comes to a collapse at some point. We're conquered again. But as more than conquerors, we cannot be conquered. Now, you, you, don't, you don't believe that yet, but we'll get there. We cannot be conquered. We are undefeatable. Undefeatable. It says, says nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is our foundation, remember. And if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? You know, you, I don't know, that's one of those other places where I trip up every once in a while. I go, wait a minute. There are people, there are things against us. But he says, who can be against us? As if there is nothing. But there is. Still with me? You following me? If God is for us, who can be against us? Sounds like there's nobody against us because God is for us. That's not what it's saying. And I, I like what, uh, I think it's the amplified version says this way. Who can be successful against us? I like that. The word successful is not in, in the original language, but it is, it, it, is, uh, it is implied very strongly there. And so that's really what it means. And I like it, Psalms 118 verse 6, David before the cross, has this revelation of being undefeatable when he says, the Lord is on my side, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Can man do something? Certainly can. Certainly does. But the point isn't, can they do something against us, but can they win against us? We are unconquerable in Christ. So why is this true? Well, one of the reasons it's true, excuse me, is that what comes against us is inferior in strength and numbers than the one that's in us. Every opposition you face is inferior to the one who is in you. Greater is he that's in you, that's he that's in the world. All right, that, that is a slogan we've picked up. It's a trite saying that we have adopted and we'll say it when we feel like we need it. But we've got to go beyond that. We've got to really believe that. That it's truth. It's absolute. Maybe we need to say it in a more modern jorgen? Jorgen? You're all saying something different. That's really cool. (laughs) Makes me feel so much better. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded. Come on, everybody. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. One more time. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. That's greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. It's modern day expression of an eternal truth. We face Omicron. 
Now we face it today. It's a reality, right? But Omicron is up against the omnipotent one. (laughs) He's up against the omnipresent one, the omniscient one. What we face is inferior to the one who lives in us. So we cannot be defeated. We cannot be conquered. We can feel like it. We can experience things that make it look like that. But the bottom line is we are not. Because the one in us is greater than any other one. Yeah. And what we conquer, we possess and occupy. This is, this is a, an amazing thing about being more than a conqueror. We not only get conquer something, we get to possess what's there. It's like we get the spoil of the enemy's camp. So every time we break through, we not only break through and gain what we, what we have, we get what, what, what the enemy was trying to hold against us. It's, I, we, I think we mentioned it last week. David at Ziklag, he and his men come and find that every been, everything's been stolen from them. The Amalekites has taken everything. Their, their wives, their children, all of their goods, all of their provision, the very sustenance. They were absolutely destroyed emotionally when this happened and wanted to, wanted to stone David. David went to the Lord and strengthened himself in the Lord because he's unconquerable, Right? He goes before the Lord, and the Lord says, go after it. So he takes his men, and he goes after it, and he not only gets everything that was stolen, he also gets all that the enemy had. All of his flocks, all of his cattle, everything. He got it all back. He got all of that plus, because he's unconquerable. What we conquer, we now get to possess and occupy. Every territory you break through into, that becomes your territory now. And what we conquer makes us stronger. When we go through a battle, we may feel like we, you know, like we just want to lay down and rest a bit. And sometimes physically, and well, shoot, that, that, that happens. But the battle does not deplete our resources, but develops greater muscle. It develops greater muscle for facing the next opposition that we have. It strengthens us. Every time you win a battle, you get strengthened. Every, listen. I'm going to say something. Every time you lose a battle, you think you've lost a battle, and maybe you have. But ultimately, it will make you stronger. And you're not conquered by it. I'm going to talk about that a little bit here in a minute. You're not conquered by it. You may have lost something that you shouldn't have, but you're not conquered. You're not defeated. So you ever heard uh, new levels... New devils, right? So it's, it's really sim- essentially saying that when you, when you get to a higher level spirituality and you're growing in the Lord, you're going to face bigger devils. And you know where that actually came from? That actually comes out of a video game. Yeah, really. Because, you know, in the old, especially, I, I, haven't, I haven't played a video game in like forever, but I know in the older games we used to play that you, you, you achieve a level in the game and you gain, you know, stuff, and then, then you know you're going to face a bigger opposition. The next level has more intensity and difficulty, greater difficulty. So you figure, you know, you, that, that's the next level you want to win, but you're going to face something greater. And you, go, and you win that one, and you go to the next, oh boy, it's even, it's even tougher. I'm not so sure that's true in the spirit. 
I think we need to replace it with this. New levels, new authority. New levels, new authority. Because when we go through that level, when we go through the opposition that we're facing now, we will have tools, we will have methods, we'll have all kinds of stuff inside of us that now we can face greater things. And are there greater things? I think the devil gets weaker and weaker as we go along. Because you outlast him. Come on. Paul said, we glory in tribulations. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Right? So we gain new weapons for warfare through everything we go through. Even if it looks like we don't win because we are unconquerable. And we get what the enemy wants to withhold from us. It is, a, it is an interesting dynamic, though. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, when only today am I being honest with you. <laughs> Just before our daughter passed away, I'd received uh, a prophetic word from someone I really trusted. And it was based out of Isaiah 54. And the, the crux of it was this phrase that really stuck with me. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. It's a great passage. It wasn't weeks later that our daughter died. And it sure looked like weapon formed against us prospered. I remember I was about an hour away from here uh, at a race with Ryan and Jeremy. Uh, when, when I got the call from a friend of ours uh, saying that Deb was in the hospital and it didn't look like she was going to make it. And on the way home for an hour in my car, I was screaming. I was declaring everything I knew to declare. And this verse particularly, I kept saying, every weapon formed against me cannot prosper. It cannot prosper. I mean, I, was, I don't know how I drove. I don't know. Uh, hand of God, obviously. And for an hour, and then I get to the hospital, I would step into the hallway outside of the room where Amy and, and Deb were. And some of our staff were there, and they, they couldn't look at me. And I walked through, walked into the room. Deb's arm is draped over Amy's body. She was gone. No weapon formed against me can prosper. The loss was real. It's real. But here's the truth. Amy's doing really well right now. She's doing really well. And what the enemy didn't understand is she, he put her in our cloud of witnesses. So she's fighting for us. She's a great fighter anyway. And here's the other part of that. Deb and I and our family were not conquered through that experience. We became stronger. We became more in love with Jesus. We understood what, what God could do in those moments. He, he strengthened us. He gave us new weapons on how to fight. He gave us new tools. Out of that, I wrote four books that have been used everywhere we go to encourage and give hope to others. 
We were not conquered. We were not defeated. Amy was not defeated. She was not conquered. She's really good. She's really, really good. I'm jealous. But here's the thing I want to, I want to share, probably end with this. That is that we were not defeated. We became stronger, but not just for ourselves. And this is what it means to be more than a conqueror. You not only conquer for you, you conquer for those around you. Every battle is not just about you. It's not just about you winning or losing. It's about you winning not only for yourself. And the greater the battle, the greater the scope of influence your victory will have on the people around you. Let me me say that again. The greater the battle, the greater the scope of influence your victory has for other people around you. We're made to change the world around us. One of the ways we do that is by, by winning the battles. It's by living in this world as more than conquerors, one that can't be defeated. The places that you conquer become the life message that speaks hope into others facing the opposition that you just conquered. Our personal victories are doors of access for others to gain their victory. I say with all praise and glory to the name of Jesus that we have been able to go and share the message of hope that we gained through our loss of our daughter because no weapon formed against us prospered. You say, oh, you're just, you're just trying to make yourself feel good. But no, it's the truth. Would I, would I, if I could go back there, would I have wanted Amy not to die? Absolutely. I'd take her back any day, any moment. She'd still be 32 years old, though, wouldn't you? It's okay. <laughs> but he is for me and not against me. I'm more than a conqueror. So let me just share this one last story. Pat was a, this has been over 30 years ago. Pat was a young man who was the high school football star. He was uh, gone on to JC and football star there also. But he was a troubled, alcoholic, drug abuser. One day he was driving in his car. Had a young woman in the car by the name of Michelle. Driving out here on Vine Street, was drunk. Lost the, couldn't, couldn't handle the curve and drove through a fence and into a ditch. And Michelle was killed. Pat went to prison right out here uh, for vehicular manslaughter. While he was in prison, he uh, got connected with some Radical Christians. They inv- invited him to know Jesus, and he did. 
About that same time, he started getting letters and cards from a couple out of this church. This, again, over 30 years ago. Carl and Nadine Evans. And they started writing him just to encourage him. He didn't know who they were. He had no idea who this couple was, but they just kept writing. And he, he was enjoying and receiving those. Until one day, he found out that Carl and Nadine Evans was the mother and father of Michelle. They refused to be conquered. Instead, they conquered bitterness and hurt. And because of that, when Pat got out of prison, they adopted him as their own. I love in in Pat's book called Knock on the Door, he shared this the first time that Carl and Nadine came to the prison to visit him. Uh, said, we stood up to say our goodbyes. I reached out my hand to shake Carl's, but he gently brushed it aside and embraced me with a loving, loving daddy hug. He whispered in my ear, I have prayed that one good thing would come from this accident so Michelle's death would not be in vain. You are that one good thing. I lost my daughter that night, but I gained a son. Patrick went on to marry Trish, and they've uh, been in ministry all these years. They now pastor a church outside of Chicago, and their daughter stands at that keyboard right now. That's what more than a conqueror looks like. We're not created to be beaten down, but to stand strong in things that we could never stand strong in our own. And not only change our own life, not only advance in our own growth, but to help others do the same thing. More than a conqueror are those who never, never lose hope. Never lose hope. So I'm going to finish with this verse. Then we're going to sing this song. Romans chapter 5. I mentioned it earlier, but I want to read the rest of it. In fact, I'm going to read it out of a different translation. Give me just a minute. Why don't you go ahead and stand? Romans chapter 5, verse 3. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence, knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance. And patient endurance will refine our character, and proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy. Because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. You get that? 
We've just come full circle, haven't we? Back to the love of God for us. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come flood, flood this place, the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what, what our hearts, hearts love for. To be overcome by your presence. Sing that again. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Presence, Lord. Let's sing that bridge. Sing that bridge. Let us become more aware of your presence. Experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of Come on, come on, yeah. Let us become more than well of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us I want, to, uh, I want to invite anyone in the house this morning that either has never really known the love of God. You just, you just never really experienced the love of God in your life. And, and I'm inviting you to know Jesus Christ, who is the one who paid the price for you to know the Father. And I'm going to invite you in a moment 
Not to raise your hand, you can do that if you want, but I'm inviting you to come on down here in just a moment, but I'm going to give you some company. And others within the house who have forgotten the love of God, who need a fresh revelation, a fresh experience in the love of God, fresh understanding, not the understanding of the mind, but the understanding of the Spirit, to know the love of God, how much He really loves you. You you really are in a place where you've got to have that revelation or you don't know if you can live another day. There's a desperation in your heart to know that love. So those of you who don't have never had that love or have had it and, and need a fresh experience of that love of God and need a fresh affirmation of the love of God in your life right now, I want you to come on down. Just come, come down. I know you, you can spatial if you need to. But just come down right now. There's got lots of you need this. Just come on down right now. There's no shame in this. There's no shame at all. Fresh revelation of the love of God. Remember, it's an eternal adventure. And if you don't know Jesus, come on down. We want to introduce you to him. We're not going to join the church. Just going to have a revelation of him that will absolutely transform your life. I'm going to ask the ministry team if you'll just kind of scatter around and uh, just begin to minister to these and maybe ask them why they're down there. So if they are someone that really wants to, has never been introduced to Jesus or, or has been off on their own thing like Pat, lost but want to be found, giving just a moment longer for this. And I'm going to pray over everybody in the room. And when I do that, you're welcome to go if you need to. But these are going to be down here. We're going to be ministering to these for a little while. Like any elders that are in the house, please come and help ministering to these. And again, don't be afraid to ask them why they're down there. This is a day of transformation in lives. People are going to walk out of this place in a totally different place than when they walked in. Transformation today. Transformation today. Yeah. You. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else very quickly? Give me just a moment longer. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, I pray over these that are in the chairs standing out here. They love you. They've experienced your love. And we just just pray that, Lord, even more, even as they stand and as they walk out of this place today, there would be such an overwhelming sense of your presence. Because that's why we're here. It's about you. It's about you and about your presence in our lives. That as we walk out of this place, the battles that we win this day, this week, will be battles not only for us, but for those around us. We will see victory in others because we've seen victory in our own. Lord, these are more than conqueror people out here. So send them out into your world, into the world you love, into the people you love. 
the people you gave your life for. Send them out to make a difference in their world today. That this week will be a week of transformation everywhere they go. Everywhere they go. Everywhere they go. More than conquerors. More than conquerors. And I bless them in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you need to leave, you're welcome to. We're going to minister down here. I really encourage you to register for the conference that's coming up the Saturday, February 5th. Make sure and love on a few people as much as you can. But you're welcome to go. You're welcome to hang in here with us, to just sit in this atmosphere this morning. Spirit, you are welcome here. This fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Fill the atmosphere. Your 